Hello, welcome to Wrestling Recall, episode number 3. Uh, this week's episode we're going to talk about Raw and TNA Impact. No Smackdown this week, um, so let's get this started with Raw. I think um, the first thing I gotta say about Raw is that their storylines are all mixed up. I don't know what the hell happened. I, I mean, I have a theory, but... They are not being coherent at all. We have Survivor Series that got completely changed. And apparently the last week and maybe two, three weeks prior were all forgotten. And suddenly we have this all new concept, all new stories that will only have two weeks to be set up and to be built uh, before Survivor Series. So... I guess Vince McMahon just panicked and all, the whole creative team needed to find another reason for us to watch Survivor Series since the main event that they had arranged was very bad received. It included Me included, I was one of the people who said uh, the teams were very... Were, there were no big names and teams were very uninspired and it was not a good main event. And I guess... Uh, I was not the only one complaining, and Vince McMahon noticed that, and they he changed it last minute, at least two weeks, uh, with two weeks advance, uh, two weeks in advance. Uh, what was the change that he, he did? He set up a triple threat match between Ryback, CM Punk, and John Cena. Well, at first view, it does seem like a better match. Punk should win. I mean, there's no reason for Punk to lose this one, unless McMahon really doesn't doesn't want to give him the record of more than 365, 365 days. But McMahon was ready to end him the record, so no reason to suddenly change uh, his mind. Punk will have the chance to retain his title against Ryback and John Cena. And we will see a more uh, main event deserving match. Uh, but the problem here is not that he set up this new match. It's the way everybody, everything occurred. Things occurred with no sense at all. Uh, because we had two storylines going uh, one side another. We had John Cena, Vicky Guerrero, Ziggler and AJ with this all... Uh, scandal storyline and now that the idea was for Ziggler to face Cena at Survivor Series and it made sense but now it's like that story was dropped but at the same time it wasn't so will the payoff be uh, after Survivor Series will there ever be a payoff will the story be completely forgotten we have no idea but I wouldn't I wouldn't exclude uh, this this idea um, that they're gonna probably forget it. And if if they don't, they will just postpone for a month the storyline. Still, it feels a little dejected. Like John Cena didn't want to WWE Championship. He was not interested in it. He had a, uh, another thing going on in his life that he didn't want the championship. But suddenly, he gets the chance for the championship. Uh, for apparently no reason, 
McMahon just decided that Vince, uh, that Cena will be there because he gave Ryback a chance at Ali in a Cell. So, alright, John Cena didn't ask for it, John Cena didn't earn it, John Cena simply were, was given this opportunity with no storyline reasons. And about Ziggler, so Ziggler was left with without anything. What did what they did? What they decided to do was put Ziggler in team in the previously Team Punk, that now is Team Ziggler. So he's now the captain of the team that's going to be against Foley at Survivor Series. Problem here is Ziggler has no problem with Foley. There's no rivalry. There was no promos. Uh, Foley was in this match because he wanted to face Punk, not because he wanted to face Ziggler. So this match has no reason to be. I'm going to watch a match with no reason to be. There's no story because Ziggler and Foley don't have a problem with each other. They simply will fight each other because Vince said so. There's no purpose for us to root for Foley or root for Ziggler. There's no point in all of this. We simply have a standard face team, a standard deal team, and they will fight each other for no storyline purposes and for with no payoff at all. Because no matter who wins, things will not change, things will not matter, things will just be the same as if the other team had won. So... Well, I want Ziggler to win. Why? It doesn't change anything. I want Foley to win. It doesn't change anything. It's just a throwaway match. So the Survivor Series this year as his big match is a throwaway match. And it's just wrong. It should happen. The Survivor Series should be the big main event match with high stakes, with everything going for it. Instead, it's just a throwaway match with some mid-card guys that are going to face each other. And then Foley. Foley is there. We don't know what, why. I mean, we did know, but now we don't know. Why doesn't he just say, all right, I don't want this. I don't want to face Ziggler. I'm, I'm going away. Well, s- suddenly just is going to face Ziggler just for the sake of it. I guess that's the only explanation I get is uh, Foley, kayfabe-wise, wants to be in Survivor Series, so he'll fight anybody who appears in front of him uh, being Ziggler this time. Uh, of course, uh, this can change at any time since there's no cohesive unit on WWE. So next week we can have Vince McMahon come and overrule everything and just change things and then have Punk be back in Team Punk, which is I highly doubt it will happen. But this week doesn't give us any confidence about if things will be coherent and follow a logical path or just be throwaway matches all the way through and things will be changed every week according to what people are responding or what mood Vince is uh, waking up to. Um, so this is the big Survivor Series is a mess right now. We have these two matches with no purpose of being, with just throwaway matches, a uh, whole lot of mess. And although some throwaway matches are uh, understandable, like they are not needed or they are not justifiable, but they are understandable. Like uh, Cesaro has a throwaway match with random opponents each pay-per-view just to defend his US championship because they clearly don't want to give him a real rivalry. But and those I can live with because they are undercard or mid-card uh, matches. But now 
your main event being a throwaway match that just screams for bad quality and panic mode and everything that shouldn't be happening in a billion dollar company which is the most successful wrestling company in the world. So how are these guys the most successful if they just clearly they clearly don't have a clue about anything? I it doesn't bother me that Foley is going to face Tim Ziegler. It bothers me that there's no story that this is just a throwaway and if they they should have known what to do from the start. They should have known that Tim Foley the way it was presented and Tim Su- Punk, the way it was, it was presented, it will not stick. People will not react in a good manner to to it, to what is supposed to be one of the four biggest pay-per-views of the year. And they should have known that that was not main event material. They didn't know, and they were like caught by surprise, and suddenly changed everything at last minute for us to have that big main event match. And I'm okay with change I'm okay with this new main event I actually like it I think it's a cool idea and because I was not fond of last week's main event proposal but but doing doing this without any storyline purpose without any reason to be that just doesn't cut it for me if you want to make changes, if you want to make matches, give us a reason. Not just because Vince said so and then Ziggler wanted to be champion, uh, sorry, wanted to be team captain, which gives uh, gives us the question, why the hell is the match still happening if Punk is the opponent? Because Foley clearly wanted the match against team Punk, but Punk is out, so why does Foley still want the match? Will they answer this question next week? Will they actually... Have Foley justified this, or will Foley be a no-show next week and just doesn't give us any reason? Uh, or maybe they just kept, will come up with a reason and at last minute and just say, "All right, uh, Foley wants to prove that he, he has pride in, and that he wants to prove that he still got it, even though he's not going to fight." And maybe they just throw away something uh, to give us a reason. So we, I think we can expect Foley to justify himself for still having a match. Or they will completely skip out of this question and just uh, present this thing like it was supposed to be like this since the start. Which, if it was, doesn't make any sense. If it wasn't, still doesn't make any sense. So it's a bad... It's just a mess. This... Pay-per-view is starting out to be a mess. And at Bound for Glory, for the TNA pay-per-view, I said that a lot of matches were just draw matches, and it was supposed to be the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Well, WWE is pretty much the same thing. They are just throwing away matches. Uh, even if the main event match is justifiable with, well, there's a story between Ryback, Cena, and Pug, and I, I kind of agree with that. Still, it was... Uh, Tina was not supposed to be there, there, so I call it a throwaway match because uh, that match wasn't supposed to happen and Vince McMahon just picked the most three popular uh, main event caliber candidates he has and throw them in a match and said, alright, this makes sense when it doesn't make uh, that much sense uh, to begin with John Cena was not on track to be WWE Champion he, was, he, di- he didn't even talk about that, uh, and apparently Punk and him were finished. But suddenly they have a rivalry again. Well, 
I I can excuse that because they add a uh, sorry one month ago, so they clearly will not like each other now, and their storyline did add a proper finish. So all of that I can justify, but the Survivor Series theme match for me it doesn't have any justification. That it just well it just will happen just because. Just because we need a team match in uh, traditional Survivor Series elimination match, we need it. So that's what we get. Uh, with a match with no story, we is gonna have two weeks of build up. And I hope that at least we we get a quality match. But I I doubt it. I think Brian will be eliminated in like five minutes, and I don't know. Kane will destroy a couple guys. Ziggler will sell everybody's offense, and then I don't know. And then I guess Miz gets the win because I, I bet he's gonna return as a face. Uh, for those who didn't watch, Miz uh, went refused to be on Punk's team, which is now Ziggler's team. And my bet is that he's gonna come back as a face and join a Foley's team. And then probably get the win. I I wouldn't like that because uh, on WrestleMania, Miz got the win for John Laurinaitis, and that gave him nothing. So if he gets the win here again, just repeating story. I would like for Brian to get the win because I'm a Brian Mark, and I think he needs a win desperately. I mean, he lost again this week in five minutes or so. Um. And Brian is the best wrestler in the company, and I think he's insulting to have a quality wrestler like him wrestle five-minute matches. He can lose, I'm okay with that, but at least let him wrestle, because he is the most fun, most entertaining superstar in, the, in that roster, and probably in general mainstream wrestling, and still you give him five-minute matches. You don't deserve Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson or whatever you want to call him. You don't deserve Bryan as a wrestler for you. So I just say, well, Bryan, I know money is awesome, but please just go away. Go back to Ring of Honor. Go to TNA. Go to uh, New Japan. Go to whatever you, uh, whatever you want, but... Please go to a company that lets you wrestle because having you wrestle four minute, five minute matches is just insulting. And I want to see Brian in his full, full head wrestler like he was at Over the Limit or Over over the Limit, yeah. Like he was at Over the Limit wrestling 30, 40 minute matches against top quality opponents like CM Punk and even like with Sheamus that it was an awesome match and Brian should have uh, should have those matches every week every pay-per-view instead he's jobbing to Rhodes uh, with in 5 minutes at least let him wrestle for like 10 15 minutes I don't care but the guy is amazing in the ring he's the best you get you you have so please do something with him he can be a comedy character I I came to grips with that, but at least let him do what he does best, which is wrestling in that four-square ring. Uh, let's see how Survivor Series goes to Brian. 
It's not looking very pretty unless they want to do a big payoff where Brian suddenly becomes a great uh, winner and wins everything and proves that he's not the weak link, which he isn't since he's a better wrestler than Kane. Even if Kane is a veteran, Brian is better than him. I said Brian is better than everybody in that roster. With no, no doubt in my mind. Uh, in terms of wrestling ability, I'm meaning because in terms of other things, he's not the best. But in terms of pure skills, in ring skills, he is the best. Um, and I don't know why he's bigger since Shawn Michaels was his trainer and Shawn Michaels is friends with Triple H, which is the big boss around there. So I don't know if Shawn Michaels doesn't want to put a good one and say, you know. Triple H, that guy, that guy is the best you got. I don't know, but let's see how Survivor Series goes for him. And I hope they do better things to this amazing, talented wrestler. Uh, so I was uh, back to my Survivor Series rant. That's what we have, like, in the big picture matches. We have Survivor Series, Team Foley versus Team Ziggler. We have Ryback and Cena and Punk. For the WWE Championship. And we have Sheamus versus uh, Big Show. Which surprisingly is the better feud that WWE has right now. Which is surprising because I hate both Sheamus and Big Show. I don't, I can't stand those guys. But they do have some chemistry together. And they actually put out... Put out a great match in Alan Sally. It was the best match of the night. And we're going to have a new match with those guys. And I think it's going to be great. And I can't believe I'm saying this. And believe me, I'm as surprised as anybody. But I'm actually looking forward to see them wrestle again. Their promo material isn't the best. Sometimes it's a little cheesy. They are not the best mic workers. Even if some people think Big Show is. Well, I cannot stand him whatsoever. Yeah, he is convincing, whatever role he portrays, but I just don't like him. Sorry, I don't like the way... I don't know, I don't like him. And Seamus, uh, apart from his accent, is not very convincing either. So, in, in terms of promo material, he's not been the best. It doesn't uh, even come close to Cena and Punk. But uh, in terms of matches, they I actually liked it. I thought I was gonna hate it and I ended up liking it. As I said, best match of Hell in a Cell. And I'm looking forward to Survivor Series for another match. I don't know. I have no idea if Big Show or Sheamus will retain. Or uh, if Big Show will retain or Sheamus will win. Uh, I don't know if Ziggler's gonna cash in. I think it's not yet time. Maybe, maybe at Rumble or at even in WrestleMania, I don't know. I think WrestleMania would be a cool idea for Ziggler to cash in uh, his money in the bank contract because it's the biggest pay-per-view of the year and Ziggler deserves that That rub. And so our series, as I said, Big Show, Sheamus, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. And uh, let's see how, how it goes. Another uh, of the... Another big segment uh, this week was Brad Mollocks. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Brad Mollocks explains why he attacked Ryback. And the reveal that next week we're going to have Ryback vs. Brad Mollocks. And if Brad wins, he gets a million dollar contract. 
I was I was I went searching for for this guy to see who he was. Well, apparently, it was kind of a big deal on OVW. He won the OVW Championship a couple of times. He won Tag Team OVW Championships. So he was not a nobody on OVW. He actually was a uh, he was successful in the developmental territory. I'm not saying he was the best ever. As I said, I never heard of the guy until now. Uh, like Dean Ambrose, which, which everybody knows who he is. Still, even people on a VW at least trusted him with titles and with wins. So, my guess is that, or at least what I think it's logical is for him to win uh, against Ryback in a uh, with Punk interference or with Cena interference and getting the contract. Or he just lo- loses and goes back and gets gets wished luck for his future endeavors. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for me to have him come this far and drop the ball with him, but I'm not seeing him as the next face of the company or a big wrestler. Probably because I never saw him wrestle. Wrestle which is kind of important to determine the, the quality of a wrestler. But I don't... I just know. I don't think he, he was charismatic enough on that promo. Still, of course, it was his big, big promo, his big first promo. I guess he, he will have time. He doesn't have a gimmick yet, or at least a very tangible one, because his whole argument can be considered like his gimmick. He wants to be a wrestler. That's his gimmick so far. And he wants to prove that the world isn't full. The wrestling world isn't just made for guys like Ryback. It's made for everybody. I actually like that. I actually can support that guy since I'm a small guy. And I identify with guys that are that are smaller. And I think guys like Ryback are awful wrestlers that should be in the ring at all. Just because they have tons of muscle, muscle and spend lots of time in the gym. Doesn't qualify them to be wrestlers. At least if they have no ability to wrestle like Ryback, which is awful guy doing that. And he should just, I don't know, stay in the gym because that clearly, that's clearly, clearly where he belongs. Getting back to Brad. Uh, I think it makes sense for him to be integrated in the, into the roster this way. But that would mean that Vince or Triple H has big plans for him. And the other wrestler that I remember that got in the WWE uh, kayfabe wise with a big contract with MVP. And that didn't turn out well. Uh, MVP had some charisma, uh, which I don't know if Brad has. And it was not the worst in terms of in-ring skills. Still, it didn't amount to anything on WWE. And I don't know if Brad will, at least with this big, big star with a million dollar contract and facing Ryback. I don't know. But Ryback six months ago was was a nobody and suddenly is becoming the face of the company. A little pushed down our throats. He still is doing more than Seamus did in two years. Um, because Seamus was pushed to the moon also and it didn't... It didn't come out right, since Brian it's more over than that guy. But Ryback, uh, contrary to what happened with Seamus and even what happened with Del Rio, they were pushed to the moon. Ryback is actually making an impression with the audience, and people are getting 
and he's getting over. He's very over, I, I, I must add. I don't know if he's the most over guy in the company, uh, without, apart from Cena and Punk. I don't know if Brian is above Ryback or not in terms of overness. Uh, they are completely different beasts in terms uh, of character, so I cannot really compare the two of those of them. But he clearly is on top five of overness in the company. We have Randy Orton there too, but Randy Orton is really not doing anything important right now. Uh, I completely lost my point. So what I was saying. Uh, but then, Brad, uh, if he's pushed to the moon, let's see how he will respond, or if it he will be dropped, and if he's just a consequence of John Cena injury, and he's just one of the victims of it, he will be, oh, you will be winning the contract, but suddenly, oh no, forget it, you, all, you are back to developmental, or you are uh, dropped, and just go away to TNA, or Ring of Honor, or New Japan or whatever you want to do. Um, that was one of the other segments. Now, some notes on the show that I think um, are not important. It's just something that I want to point out. Uh, first is a... Um, I'm going to start with this one to end with the other. I think it's it's more of a finishing statement than this. Uh, Xana is... A f- Bad wrestler. She's not a wrestler. That's just... And the Divas match this week was one of the biggest abominations I have ever seen. Not because of... Eve or Layla or Caitlyn. Because of Xana. Xana is a gorgeous woman. She's beautiful. She has an amazing body. And no doubt about all of those attributes. But she was in the ring... She was seducing the audience and Layla. She was not wrestling. She was not doing anything remarkably... uh, uh, Remarkably like wrestling. She was not... She was not doing bad moves. She was not botching. She was just... She botched, but... She was just not wrestling at all. She was... uh, uh, Crawling on the floor... And almost kissing Layla... And doing some seductive poses. She, she was just modeling in a ring. With the occasional bump. And occasional occasional jump. Or something like that. She was not wrestling at all. She did like four moves that everybody could pull off. Without training. Uh, re- really. It was that easy. It, it, it was no, nothing special. I... And it was awful. I don't know why Aksane is wrestling. I mean, I didn't mind her when she was escorting Cesaro. She, she, she's a very good-looking woman. And I like looking at good-looking women. So she was there. I watched her. It was cool. Now she is wrestling. It's a whole different story. She shouldn't be wrestling. Even Alicia Fox would be better. And Alicia Fox is, is pretty terrible in the ring. But even her would be better than Aksane. Since Xana was just posing for the male audience and the uh, lesbian audience, she was not uh, clearly doing anything mildly entertaining in terms of wrestling ability. And anybody who was not interested sexually in women would not take pleasure of what she was doing. R- literally, if you are, if you like women, yeah, you would like that. If you don't like women, you would just think, "What the hell is she doing? This is not interesting." 
And it wasn't. It was bad. And I hope that we officials see this and think, well, really, Axel is not the wrestling kind of girl. girl. And I don't know if she... I really don't remember all the match. I remember the match, but not specifically. But if she did anything that remotely looked like a, a good and a, a wrestling move that needed training, really hit me up in the comments on the blog because I really don't see, I don't remember anything that she did that was remotely, that remotely looked like needed training. And this, and uh, now for the finish note on Raw before I go to Impact Wrestling, uh, John Cena does everything to get attention and he made a jab that he only has five moves, which was kind of cool, but reeked of desperation. Like, please cheer me, I'm making fun of myself, because I I know that I suck as much as you do, That you know that I suck. So he was just pandering for the crowd, or making fun of the crowd. I didn't get it. Uh, it was a, I thought it was funny, like, yeah, you know you suck, or you know that we know we we think that you suck and you are just jabbing at us because you are superior. Or it was, come on guys, I understand that you know that I'm limited. And he waked his eye and he did his goofy smile. And everything is fine uh, after that. Still, I don't, I am not deciding if it was a good or a bad joke. It happened and that was it. Now, getting back to... Um, Impact Wrestling. It was open fight night, which means great wrestling matches and storyline advancements. Uh, first, uh, going for the great uh, wrestling moments. Uh, we had we had like no big wrestling moments on this open fight night. Samoa Joe and Magnus comes to mind is they are. I love that that pairing. We also had <clears throat> uh, Jeff Hardy and Robbie E. We had Joey Ryan and Rob Van Dam and Devon versus Bully Ray. There were not a lot of matches on the card since it was it focused more on the storyline aspect of it. Um, still, it was a very good episode, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tell you uh, why. Uh, first, it's let's go. Let's address the whole Asinate storyline. At the end of of Impact, and I'm addressing this first because it's the most important thing that happened. At the end of the show, we had Devon versus Bullet Ray, a match that I was actually looking forward to. It even if I don't like Bullet, um, sorry, Devon in the ring. But I was actually looking forward because I know these guys can put up a show. It did happen. It was. Uh, it was the interference of ACC Nates that prevented this match. And then this big fight uh, went on stage with everybody going after ACC Nates. And we had a reveal of a new member. And the new member is Luke Gallows. You may remember Luke Gallows for when he was on the Straight Edge Society with, uh, with Punk. Uh, I think it was his most well-known role. If he has others, I don't... Actually, no, I didn't go just I, I didn't do a lot of research, but I remember those Straight Edge Society times, and Luke Gallows was one of the enforcers for Punk. He is a member of 
Aces and Eights. It was a reveal. I think it was a cool reveal. He is clearly not a main event kind of guy. Still, not not any not everybody on uh, Aces and Eights can be a main event kind of guy. And I like the reveal. Nothing uh, wrong with it. Uh, and it was a good ending for a show. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, I said there were not a lot of matches. And the ones that... that um, that happened, they were not the best in terms of uh, wrestling. Being the highlights, Joey Ryan and Rob Van Dam, and Samoa Joe and Magnus. If I th- if I think correctly, let me. Uh, Samoa Joe and Magnus um, had uh, already a match uh, last week, and they repeated. Uh, the dose again uh, this week, but it ended in uh, disqualification of the match. Still, they did wrestle a little bit, and it was cool. I, as I said, I also enjoyed this pairing. I think they they have great chemistry together, and uh, I enjoyed even more uh, short match for them. I enjoyed. I liked it. But that's just that's just me. I just I enjoy Magnus and some more Joe going at each other, and we got Joey Ryan rubbing that. It ended with Matt, Matt Morgan interfering because Matt Morgan is Joey Ryan's enforcer, and is one hell of an enforcer. The guy's he's a beast. He's he's very big, very big, uh, strong guy. He helped Joy Ryan get the win uh, against Rob Van Dam, and I guess Joy Ryan is making himself to be the next uh, X Division champion. I think it's cool. I like Joy Ryan. I would like more if he won matches on his own. But still, I, I don't. I didn't know. I didn't think he he looked that weak. Still, he needed help. Uh, let's see if he wins the title by himself or with Matt Morgan, or if he will eventually feud with Matt Morgan. I don't know. But that was the two matches that were actually good or at least worth watching because Gutshek was very disappointing this week. Jeff Hardy against Robbie was nothing to talk about. Um, and that was it. And oh, you had Jess against ODB, which was actually a fun match, but nothing to worth talking about it extensively. It was a fun little comedy match. ODB uh, fought. Tara's boyfriend and kicked his ass. He sometimes kicked back, but he, he sometimes kicked back, but it was not convincing. And uh, still, he won the match, but he, he was not. He, he got his ass wiped. I, I think if you ask me, ODB was a strong woman there because she was like two against one, and she still. Put up a hell of a fight, and against a man which is double her size, she—I mean, she embarrassed him. Even if he won, he was embarrassed. I think that's my—that's my view on uh, the match at least. And yeah, she 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 lost, but uh, she was not super defeated or anything like that. Uh. Uh, Robbie, Jeff Hardy, well I don't like Robbie and I'm not the biggest Jeff Hardy fan so for me it was nothing worth talking about, it was usual business with Jeff Hardy and Robbie 
uh, other segments that I think are important to know it's the opening segment and AJ Ruth and Storm segment. What happened on the opening segment? Well, Chris, Christopher Parks, uh, aka Abyss, he challenged uh, Aces and Eights for a match. So, we'll, I don't know if eventually. Uh, I don't know when it will be revealed that Christopher Parks is uh, Abyss, but I like him trying to set up a fight with Aces and Knights. I don't even know if he's going to be a member of Aces and Knights. I mean, everything can happen, right? Still, he's putting up for himself, and he got defended by, by Kurt Angle. I think it was a, it was a cool that the lawyer or it's setting up for himself and trying to fight the aces and eights. And it's cool. It's I think what I like about this aces and eights thing is that there are a lot of players in in question. There are rivalries within this rivalry. We have Devon against Bullet Ray, and then we have. Parks against the Aces and Aces in general. Then we have Sting that is in there. Will Kogan was one of the victims and now is striking. So we have tons of things happening around Aces and Aces. The whole show is revolves around Aces and Aces without being overbearing. They are there and they have conflict with major players. It's not just a simple rivalry with one against another or a group against another. It's groups that have groups in itself and... They, they, it's a group, but at the same time they have personal problems with several members of of the gang. It's actually kind of cool. I like that. Blu-ray, it's part of Sting and Hulk Hogan's group, but at the same time he has his own agenda and he wants to get revenge from his brother. And then we have Parks that again is in the is in the group, but at the same time he has things to prove and he has revenge that he he wants to serve to Aces and Eights. So it's not a simple. Um, Major uh, Babyface uh, made a team against the other team. Is these people actually have a reason to fight Aces and Ace? Not just because Hulk Hogan or Sting said so, but because they want to prove something and they have something against Aces and Ace. It's very well thought. It's very entertaining, and it actually makes sense. Not the biggest sense in the world, since this isn't wrestling. This is not supposed to be um, the thing with most sense, but. It actually made sense, it actually, it's coherent, and it gives a meaning to the match that will happen in the future, at turning point, or after turning point, and will give us a reason to care if Parks wins or loses, if Bully Ray wins or loses, and not just throwaway matches. So TNA is doing an excellent job in this regard. And I've been um, praising TNA on these podcasts, and I say it again, TNA is doing a hell of a job actually making sense and actually making good stories and awesome matches. This week's episode, or last week, since this week hasn't aired yet, was not the biggest example of good, great matches, but it was the, a good, good example of coherent storyline and coherent storytelling and characters, characterization. We had characterization, we had great storylines, and we had coherence. Things that we didn't add on Raw, except for Sheamus and Big Show. We actually add those things on TNA. And I don't like always comparing the two, but I just need to point out that TNA is doing a hell of a job on this, and clearly it's not that hard as um, 
Nova Louis makes it out to be. Another storyline that advanced, or at least it was put on the table, it's AJ versus Rude versus Storm. Uh, they will have a match at turning point to decide who will be the next number one contender for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship uh, match. Uh, sorry, for the World Heavyweight Championship against Jeff Hardy in the next pay-per-view that I don't know the name of, but that's it. So they will have a match to decide the number one contender. What I gotta say about uh, this, and this is the interesting point, this is a twist. The one that gets pinned will uh, will not have an opportunity for the title in next year. I don't know if Hulk Hogan and company is going to follow this rule, but if they do, and I really hope they do, because really makes for interesting storylines, and if they do this, then the stakes are higher as they ever was, ever were, sorry. You have AJ versus Root versus Storm, and the one that gets pinned won't have a chance in the ear for the title. And those three are really big players. AJ, Root, and Storm are main event material. They are three of the biggest wrestlers in TNA Impact, and one of those guys will be out of the main event scene for one year, and I cannot imagine who will be. Uh, if I say AJ, well, AJ was is already out for so long, will they keep him out another year? Rude is another choice, but he's so damn good, and he was in the main event constantly for his title reign, will they put him out for a year? And Rude is rumored that he, he wants to be on WWE, so will they just cut him out? They, I'm just giving him to, to McMahon. And then you have Storm. We, we have, we has been one years, uh, I mean, there, there's this whole arc, this whole year long arc against Rude for the championship. And he didn't, re he didn't regain the championship and he, will he just be another year without regaining the championship? It just feels very unfair for Storm. But it doesn't make sense for any of the three. That's why it is so good. It's unpredictable. I have no idea who will win. And really, there's no logical decision. Like in real life. There's no logic in the outcome. If the outcome happens this way, it's just because it did happen. And they are doing that. They are doing, well, if it happens, it is out one year. Uh, that's just how it is. It's a punishment for a wrestler, KFM-wise, because I said so, because the stakes are high. It, it might seem unfair, but I think it makes the stakes higher and the match more difficult to predict. Because if this was without that, um, that condition, then, well, it doesn't matter who wins, because uh, next month or two months from that, you can have another one of those three guys challenging for the title. But now, you can't. So, who will be out of the title race for a whole year? I think that's the most interesting thing uh, happening right now. And I hope I'm not confusing this and talking about my ass. But I, I really do think that was the condition. If I'm wrong, please correct me and I will correct it on the blog. But that was the condition, right? Uh... And, 
so there was TNA impact. That was the things that happened that were worth mentioning about. Oh, and just a quick point that I think that's before ending the show, I'm going to reference this. That get check match was awful. It was one of the most... Uh, it was just bad, bad choreographed. I mean, it seemed bad choreographed. I mean, it seemed like they were choreographing everything and everything was turning out slow and sloppy and unrealistic. And I know wrestling is staged, but the idea is to pretend that it's real, not to be blatantly obvious that it's fake. And if things like an Irish sweep scream it's fake, well... Things like bad executed moves and sloppiness and overall uh, overall choreographed, very choreo- bad choreographed sequences just scream it's fake. And that was the match. If that guy is, enters develop, developmental, develop, I don't know, sorry, it enters their developmental territory, then it's Im- embarrassing for the company. That guy shouldn't be near TNA. Uh, he really doesn't have what it takes. It was an awful match. Sorry, I need to point that out. And now, yes, for my... Um, my farewell. This was Wrestling Recall, episode number three. You can go to my blog, totalwrestlingrecall.blogspot.com and you can like this post, you can share it on Google+, Plus, or use Twitter, it would mean a lot if you do that. If you are listening to this, if you are listening this far, it's because you actually like this podcast. So please go there, like, uh, help me expand the audience, it would mean a lot. If not, well, continue to listen, at least you are listening. And next week, I'll be back Wednesdays with Wrestling Recall. Goodbye.